Welcome to Munchies and Mindset, sponsored by Holistic Approach, your online store for healthy snack options. Munchies and Mindset is the show that talks about mindset and living your best life, where host Katie Gilligan will speak to experts in their field to find out ways they have made changes to improve their mental, physical, or spiritual self. Welcome everyone to Munchies and Mindset. Are you ready for another day? We have a storyteller in the house. Thank you so much for coming on and and joining us once again. We have created this event for you because we know people are struggling right now. People are sad. People are finding it a little difficult to get up, to get motivated, to get going. When's this going to be over? How do you budget? How do you plan? How do you how do you take action, especially in a time like this? Well, you can. And we're here to help you take that first step because the first step is always the hardest. And we have created this group and hoping that something any something somebody says during this week will resonate with you and make you completely shift your focus and say, aha, there you go. So that's what we are trying to accomplish and we really hope we do. Any comments that you have, please leave them below in the comment section and we will get back to you. And if it's for Helen, I will make sure that she gets back to you as well. So we have Helen Snell, a storyteller. That's more interesting than saying she is a content writer because she really does so much more. She focuses on storytelling to develop biographies and profiles, web content and marketing materials to create attraction, mark sorry, to create attraction marketing that converts. She also provides ghostwriting for blogs and legacy stories. Her passion project is telling stories for the planet that translate into blogging, speaking, and hosting. Webinars on the small steps we can take after, um, to affect positive change, which is huge right now. All these things revolve around her family of three children, two quickly advancing into adulthood. Mm-hmm. Her youngest, Tori, has provided Helen with a rare perspective of the world. Tori has Down syndrome and has brought Helen such a joy in its simplicity. Um, although days are full, there is quieting of the soul and alignment to being a fully present and experiencing gratitude through her daughter's eyes. She has contributed a chapter to a book for special needs families, For the Love of Our Children, and is an international best-selling author and co-author in number one habit in, sorry, in the One Habit book series. Helen's audacious dreams include developing business models for special needs adults, running a plant-based B&B, and running a foster program for senior dogs somewhere on the water. Helen has personally done my biography, um, or my storytelling that I'm gonna be putting on my website, just a little bit about myself, and she is fantastic. I just looked, I went, holy shit, that's amazing, and you can use that. (laughs) That might get blocked out of Facebook, sorry, I swore. I posted that on my Instagram stories, Katie, because I thought it was so funny. It was like, holy bleep, bleep, bleep. You can use this as a five-star review. Sorry, but I really can't. <laughs> but it was awesome. I loved your reaction. Oh, it was so good. <laughs> so um, we're here just kind of to lift people up. But the most important question, Helen, what's your favorite munchy snack food? Uh, so if I was going to be completely honest, it's potato chips. Uh, but when I try to be healthy, I eat things like kale chips, which you sell in your store, which are great. I have these ones right now, which are uh, cucumber dill. They're, I love cucumber and dill flavor. 
and um, happen to love kale. I know a lot of people don't, but I eat it raw, cooked, chips, whatever. Um, I'm a crunchy person. I need crunch for my snacks. So um, anything that crunches is good. Very good. <laughs> Me too. I like the like the popcorn and the chips. I love salty. Yes. I'm not a huge chocolate person, but I love the salt. Yeah, me too. So I have, um, we're kind of going through this series where we're doing like the emotional component and we're doing the cognitive and then we're doing like the the behavioral and then kind of summing it all up is, is the idea is trying to, to work the whole mind, body and soul together for how we take action. So on an emotional, um, the issues and the events and everything that we're in, tell me emotionally how you were back in March, April, May to how you are right now. Hmm. So it's been an interesting journey. I, I would have to say that there's something that I've, I've learned over the last several years. And that is that, you know, even before we entered into this situation is that we actually have to allow ourselves to grieve things that we don't even understand have a grief component. So people think of grief when someone dies or, you know, maybe when you, um, separate in a marriage or things like that but there was a grieving process for me at the beginning of this for sure I think I was in shock a little bit um I think the way that it it kind of entered my life was a little without information wasn't sure what was happening so it was a bit of shock and then I went into this period of grief where um I was afraid for people so I mean there was fear uh with that as well um but there was this just, and there has continued, I think, to be this grieving process for things like going out for dinner and seeing friends and networking and hugging and all of those kinds of things that I think grief is a real um, emotion that we need to let ourselves feel. Because if you try to block that, it's going to come out in some other way. Um, so I'd have to say that's been an ongoing process for me, although that would be what I would resonate with as my kind of my first emotional uh, phase. Um, then I'd have to say I went through a series of kind of empowerment and um, invigoration. Like I really got into a good uh, routine. And so I felt very empowered and very much in control of things. Um, but I love that we're doing this talk now, you know, almost a year in because just after Christmas, I had a complete fall again. And it kind of went through the whole grief process all over again. And I'm just actually starting to come out of it again now. It, it was a real rough month in January. And I think the impact of that second lockdown here in Ontario was way harder on me than I anticipated. And everything fell apart for me again. Um, so it it's, I mean, it's the emotions have been all over the map. And I think the best thing we can do is embrace them and feel them because we need to feel them and then understand that feeling and then begin to move on when you're ready to move on. And some people, I think, are still in shock and some people are still in grief and some people still haven't been able to move ahead because they're waiting for things to go back to normal. Um, I don't know that there ever is going to be a going back. So people just need to adjust at their own, at their own speed. 
I think that's important. They said people are waiting for things to go back to normal because I think a lot of times too, fear stops us from acting and we can wait before we have a baby because we want to have more money. We can wait before we buy the house because we don't have exactly what we want down. We can wait, but that's fear stopping us. It's not the action. So if we put the plan in place, the action will happen, but the waiting is hard because we don't know when. I mean, they're talking you know, next summer, like this summer coming up, but the, before we even get the first vaccine. So when, when and how yeah. long do we wait, right? So sometimes we just have to say enough's enough and let's just go and do mm -hmm. it legally. Don't, don't open your business right now, right? <laughs> legally, <laughs> we just move forward. But we say, take control of your life. Uh, do what you can to move forward. Uh, a lot yeah. of us are, but again, a lot of us are in the exact same storm, but totally different boats, like was said on Tuesday. And I love that mm -hmm. analogy and I will use yes. it all the time. Yeah because everybody's in a different place. I'm going to be in a little bit of a different place than somebody who's completely lost their job and is not being called back. And there's just, there's so many emotions. So mm -hmm. yeah, absolutely. The emotional content of this entire year has been, it's just, it's all over the map. Some people have done really great. All my neighbors work for the government. So they've all been working from home. So they, yeah. it hasn't affected them. So they're just, um, they're fine and they're awesome. But then they completely always reach out and say, how are you doing? Is there anything we can do for you? Because they understand that I'm affected personally and they understand my business is shut down. They understand that I'm using all of these, all of the money that I need to use to be able to survive, but all of that has to be paid back, right? So they understand that I'm in a very different boat from them and they've been extremely supportive of me. So yeah. um, it's nice and that, to that's amazing like that in your to life. hear um, because I think, Again, that's one of the situations that I think we all have to be aware of, that everyone is in a different place. And so, you know, I remember at the very beginning of this, all these people were posting things on Facebook about pivoting and doing things online. And it was all about this pivot, pivot, pivot. And it actually angered me because I was like, you know what? Some people aren't ready to do that. And I, I kind of, it was almost like there was two camps of people, you know, but then I realized, you know what? Some people are ready. Some people are embracing this, some people can't. And so, you know, even in this emotional space, it's all about realizing that everybody's on their own journey. And I think that's probably one of the biggest enlightenments that I've had through this whole thing is this, this understanding of grace for other people and grace for myself, where before I was maybe a little, I don't want to say narrow-minded because I always feel like I've, I've tried to embrace, you know, everyone's journey, but this has just really made it so real to understand if you're in retail, if you're, you know, self-employed, if you work for the government, if you're in the country, as opposed to in the city, like all of these things affect people. I mean, in their livelihood, but also just in their everyday lives. And so the ability to be able to just let people be where they're at and accept them and love them. And, and like you said, with your neighbors, help them where you can. Um, that's probably been one of the biggest pieces for me through this is really realizing that we need that grace and giving it to myself and hoping that that actually continues far beyond this, this whole chaos that we're in right now as well. Um, because I think having those days where we need to shut down and do nothing is completely fine. And we should be able to do that at any time, not just because we're in COVID. <laughs> Recharge, right? You have to. Yeah. yeah. Um, I would say, yeah, going back to, again, aligning yourself with people. Um, 
even just my neighbors, the one thing they do is they just check in. How are you doing? Like, are you okay? That that means more to me than anything else people can do as far as just saying, hey man, like how's everything going? So just check in with people because it does mean a lot and it does work. Yeah. Um, on a cognitive thing, our thoughts and beliefs really, really affect how we show up in this world. And if we think a certain way, that's exactly how we're showing up in this world. Mm -hmm. I don't believe in showing up in... Um, a massive negative way and and being on Facebook and and trying to hurt people or saying like we're all in different boats and we may say stuff that we look back and go Ooh, maybe I shouldn't have said that but try to be mindful and I know that I have a couple yourself Amanda I have a couple amazing people that I might put something up that I think is funny I have a little bit of a quirky personality <laughs> that I think is funny and I will always have someone Facebook me and say Meh. Amanda is my digital girl, so she'll be like, I just took that down. <laughs> yeah. But it's um it's important to show up in the world how you want people to see you. Yes. How do you show up and how do you think you could tell people that really aren't in the same place as you and really aren't in that positive place, how they can take that action to change that thought and belief? Mm. So I'm gonna back up a little bit in in the fact that. I feel that the cognitive approach actually needs a real holistic approach. And so what I mean by backing up is one of the things I really set myself up to do last year when I realized that everything was just gonna be in chaos is I made sure that I wasn't, you know, binge watching Netflix till three o'clock in the morning. Um, I was really trying to keep Part of my mindset was based on keeping a schedule. And so I was going to bed at a good time. I was getting up early. I was walking my dog every day. I was, you know, eating well most of the time, um, getting in exercise, those kinds of things, because I find that, I mean, we are a very complicated um, being, all of our cells and how we all work together. And looking after those kind of basic things like sleep and water and exercise and food makes such a difference to your mindset. And I, re I remember a friend of mine <clears throat> actually very early on um, said, you know what, you need to actually show up for work every day. You need to get dressed, you need to shower, you need to do your hair, you need to do your makeup. And there are days when I don't feel like doing that and that's okay, but, but those kinds of little things make a difference. Like when you get dressed and you look in the mirror and you're like, hey, I look all right. I don't, I don't see as many wrinkles today or whatever it is. Then you feel more positive and you, you faced your work with more positivity. You face your day with more positivity. So I want to just, just kind of lead that into the fact that, um, my, my mindset has, has also been up and down. And I think it's been based on, um, all of those kind of, um, physical things, those, those practices that I've done, when I exercise, for example, I feel great, um, but I don't always do it. And so it, it's, that, it's that playing in your mind of where, how do you wanna show up every day? I think you have to just ask yourself that question. And so if doing something that I don't really feel like doing, like maybe exercising or maybe cleaning off my workstation so that it's not so messy, if something like that helps me focus those are the kind of the things that I think we can do to actually help our, our cognitive minds work better. Because um, I, I'm not a big believer in 
in mindset in that I don't think you can tell yourself every day, I'm going to be a millionaire. Like, I just, I don't believe that works. I think there's a whole lot of other things that actually have to come into play to let that happen because you can, you can be in the back of your mind, like 90%, I think of your brain is subconscious. So you could actually verbally say, I'm going to be a millionaire, but there's this 90% of your subconscious that says, you're never going to do that. You don't know what it takes to do that, you know, blah, blah, blah. There's all these stories that we can tell ourselves. So I feel that it's, it's so much of what we surround ourselves with people and positive things. And um, I think that all helps that, that cognitive piece to come through. So I hope that answers your question. I think touching base on that is um, really important where you said um, mindset and showing up. We, I was a part of a, um, a workshop and he had said, put your goals in the comment box. And one guy said, I want to make a million dollars a month. That's my goal. So yes, your mindset, that's great. If you're already making like 750,000 a month, then that's, that's an attainable goal. But if you're making a hundred or a thousand dollars a month or $2,000 a month, that's a hundred percent not attainable goal. So having a mindset of positivity is great, but it has to be an achievable goal. Yes. You have to make a goal that you can survive on. And even the guy in the quotes like, well, that's a little excessive. (laughs) <laughs> but it's um, you have to make a goal where you can physically meet it because if you make a goal outside of your ability to reach it, then you just get to mo- you just you forget it. Why why bother? Why am I? It doesn't even work. But it's because you set a goal that you couldn't achieve. So you have to set a goal you can achieve, and little goals will lead to a big goal. And then yeah, great. and that's huge, right? Like I think you know I've seen posts on Facebook with people joking around, like you know if the one thing I did today was have a shower, then good for me. But it's actually true. Like if there are days that that's all you can do, like I'm a big believer it, like you said in in my introduction about small steps. And I think if that's the smallest step that you can take to do something positive for yourself, that's what you do. And if you, if you build on that over time there, you're going to slide back, you're going to move ahead. But if you keep building on those small things, you're eventually going to get to a place um, where you want to be. So it's a great time to kind of go into the behavioral component because it's great to have the thoughts and the mindset, but you also have to have like the behavior that matches it and the action that matches it and being able to um, create the attitude to then put the action into place. So how did you find deep down, you know, dealing with everything and going through grief, how did you pull that out and then just go into the action state and be able to function because for people like you who did go into a grieving and went into a really really um deep depression and some of them may still be there and they don't know how to pull themselves out to do the action so please let them know what worked for you Hmm. so again this may not work for every personality type but i am a nurturer by nature that's that's who i am and so i found one of the best ways to help myself was to help other people And so that could have been, you know, um, simple things like buying a gift certificate to help a store or shopping at a local um, restaurant rather than a, um, you know, a main, whatever you call them, big franchise. Um, But it actually translated into my business as well, because both of my businesses that I run are, 
are based on helping people. And so I really found that kind of throwing myself into the into my work with the attitude of helping others really helped me stop focusing on myself. And I'm no expert in depression, but I know that depression is, is very, very self-focused. It's really hard to get your thoughts out of your own head. And so if you can actually start thinking of what you could do for other people, um, be it, you know, walking your neighbor's dog or helping out or, you know, whatever that could be, I think that can be a real helpful first step to, to start seeing that there is light and hope in the world by, by bringing that yourself, um, bringing that, that little bit of joy that you can to someone else. Um, and I know as well, I, I, um, I just, I have to share this story because I'm a storyteller that um, when my youngest uh, who has Down syndrome, when she was a baby, I got a, um, wow, I might cry now. Okay. So I got a phone call from a friend of mine who um, found out that she had a very high chance of having a child with Down syndrome and she was pregnant and um, phoned me and wanted to, you know, have all this advice. And she was someone who had suffered with depression her whole life. And um, it's a long story. She almost didn't have the child, but she ended up going ahead. And I have to say that I, I thank my stars every day for Victoria, for what she's done for my life. But this actually changed this woman's life because she had a child with Down syndrome and spent so much focus on helping that child's life become the best it could be. It actually kind of took away this veil that she had over her eyes her whole life. And so sometimes you don't know what it is that's going to show up that's going to make a change for you. It might seem like a bad thing and, it, and it's actually a good thing. And um, just before we went live, we actually talked about that, that some people have really come to understand how much better their business can be because of this. Um, you know, you talked about Tony Robbins. I think you said he had a, you know, a stadium with 12,000 people and now he can have 30,000 people online. So there are, there are glimmers of hope in everything. And it's, it's just kind of about how you take those steps forward. And I think you know, again, to go back to that comment you made about, you know, we're all in the same storm, we're in a different boat. You need to understand yourself enough to know what boat you're in and to know the direction that you want to take your own boat. Like, it's great to look at some, you know, big cruise ship and all these people on it and they're all happy and they're all having a good time and you're in a little rowboat. You don't, you're not supposed to be a cruise ship. You're supposed to be a rowboat. And I think that's a big difference in how we can take those actual steps forward. So again, for me, I don't know that that would resonate with everyone because I am this nurturing kind of personality, but my best effort that I could do was to actually do things for other people. And that really helped me both in my personal life and my business life. I love that, that you just said, you're not supposed to be a cruise ship, you're supposed to be a rowboat because we all have a purpose. And if you're supposed to be a rowboat, you might be, you may have to, you may be there because somebody else needs you and they need, yeah. they need your rowboat, they need you to help. Never, um, I said this the very first one with Tracy, 
um, when I had tears in my eyes, uh, no, Jill, sorry, that you never know when somebody says something, how much it's going to switch your brain. So mm-hmm. never, don't ever talk to someone just because you feel something's wrong in their life or they're stressed or they've gone through a bad time because the tiniest thing that you may say that brings a positive message could change the way that person thinks completely. Mm-hmm. Um, sure. I've met Tori and she is the cutest, sassiest little, <laughs> she's so funny. <laughs> she awesome she just makes me laugh every time and it's so hilarious so sassy for sure you've done a great job mom (laughs) (laughs) thanks so let's go to now we talked about like component in your attitude and your influence Mm -hmm. but tell me what specific actions you physically took and then kind of resonating with other people from different boats you know what actions they could physically take to just say okay, let's go. Like, what did you have to put in place to say, okay, this is how I'm going to act. So then I'm going to put this in place and I'm going to jot it down. Sure. So I'm going to say that, um, again, I think for every person, your kind of structure and what you need in your day is different. I'm kind of a fly by the seat of your pants kind of personality. And sometimes that works for me and sometimes it doesn't. But there are were little things that I physically put into my routine every day. And that was, uh, I go for a walk every morning with my dog, um, no matter how cold it is. Um, I actually love the winter, so I love being outside in the cold, but there are some days that are pretty nasty. Um, so physically, that's something that I did for my brain, for my lymph system, for so many things, just to kind of get myself moving. Um, as far as my business, I have uh, two other um, young adults um, living in my house and two dogs and had to move my office into my dining room. That's where I am right now. Um, So that was a challenge. It was a challenge to try to have the quiet that I needed. It was a challenge to um, have everything accessible that I needed and not have the dining room look like chaos all the time um, with my office. So I physically had to do some things. I actually bought these bookshelves behind me because it helped me to, I have like a printer hidden down underneath the cabinet door, like little things that I was actually able to set this up as an office that I can scoop things off the table and put them away when um, we're having dinner or, you know, at those times when we are actually allowed to have people in our house, I could clean the house up. Um, So physically I had to change that environment but in doing that, I also had to change kind of my, my, um, my approach to work as well. And that was realizing that, again, like I said, my schedule tends to be a little bit more flexible maybe than a lot of people's, but realizing that, you know, if I get up at six o'clock and Tori doesn't get out of bed at till nine, then I can't really book a call with somebody at nine o'clock because I'm going to have to make sure I get her breakfast and things like that. So I had to build in um, schedules on my calendar where I would allow myself to take calls, where I would not allow myself to take calls, where I would have dedicated time that I wanted quiet. And normally that's getting up in the house before everyone else in the morning, I can get a lot done. Um, I did things like um, wearing this headset on my computer, even when I'm working here in the house, I play music in the background, like 
piano music or nature sounds or things like that because I I actually physically am, am present with everything going on around me but my mind leaves and I'm just so engrossed in where I am so I've had to do some things like that to actually and I'm sure a lot of people have had the same they've got like I can't even imagine right now so like blessings to all of you who have children that you're trying to homeschool I can't imagine trying to work and having your kids on the computer and asking questions because they need help for this and that and the other thing, or having two spouses trying to work from home with all that chaos. But I found that I had to find a system or a method for me to kind of leave the environment externally around me and, and music in my ears was the way to do that. Um, going out for a walk, often will also refresh my mind when I'm having like a creative slump or um, just lack of focus, uh, just kind of changing up my environment. But I think um, I think one of the biggest things was to realize that I needed to have this, um, this grace for all things. Like I've been on calls before and the dogs have started barking and I've been like, ah, sorry, you know, gotta put that on mute or whatever the case may be. So, so I think like actual steps that I took were like making purchases and making physical environmental changes that I needed. I had to buy a new laptop for Zoom calls. It just so happened that I think in the month of, I don't know, April, maybe my, um, my sound went on my laptop. <laughs> so um, I was using a headset for a while and then everything got clunky. So I had to buy a new laptop. I had to buy these shelves. Like I had to actually do some things that would allow the function of the office that I needed at home. Um, and I think other, you know, other physical things that I, that I did as well would be um, like tangibly making a plan for my business online. So I had done a lot of uh, local networking, um, a lot of um, kind of development, I guess I would say before COVID happened of my writing business. And I got very focused on what do I really want to do? And then I started putting into place um, workshops and webinars and things like that, that would help people be able to write their own stories, be able to understand the value of stories. I'm, I'm actually working on an online course right now through some wonderful guidance through Sam King. If anybody wants some information um, on that, she actually helps people develop online programming. Just embracing the fact that this is the future and, and understanding too that whether things even do go back to full physical presence, networking, all those things, it's always great to have an online component to your business where people can book into a workshop or buy an online course that they can take at, at their own um, speed and pace. Um, so I think there was some some switch in my approach to business in understanding this doesn't necessarily have to just be for the short term. This is something that that can actually have have value and presence long after this current situation that we're in. So there was definitely some shifts there with my approach to business as well. I think that's amazing that you say we don't necessarily have to go back to normal, even if things go back to normal, because this this opens up extra ways for us to be able to connect with people. Um, if you're in business, extra ways for you to reach your clients or customers. It opens up a whole new avenue of stuff that we were forced into 
Mm -hmm. It is showing great um, response. Us personally, with the spa being closed and we just physically couldn't find a way we would do like facials online and massage online. It just, it was not the greatest option. And it was a lot of work to get, um, to get the results. And as far as the work, everybody here knows me, I'm not afraid of work, but it just seemed like I was, I wasn't getting what I needed to get out of it. And that's when I realized that everybody wants to be pampered. They don't want to pamper themselves. <laughs> yes. They want somebody to do it for them. And that's what we're really great at at Timeless Harmony Salon and Spa is pampering you. Um, so we opened up a holistic approach store and, and pivoted because we had to, but now it's online and now we have that second business. Um, and it doesn't have to be that expensive because we started little. So yes. it's just like you, you started little, you had to get that stuff, but now you have so many more options. And I don't know if you've mentioned here or if we talked about it before, but you have gone global. And I am so proud of you, Helen, that mm -hmm. you are international now. That is so amazing. And congratulations, because that is an amazing feat to do. Thank you. Yeah, it, it again, it came not by planning, but just by kind Actually. of being being fluid and, and and taking that action i i was introduced to a networking group in the united states and that changed so much that actually brought me into um an international speaking uh engagement that i just had a few weeks ago um yeah that it actually helped me as well to become um, an international bestseller with that with the book that i participated with through you know a group in canada that connected me to somebody in the United States. And now I actually have an opportunity to connect with some people in Europe. And I'm, I'm feeling that out to see, you know, if with my kind of brand of storytelling and things like that, is, is that going to translate um, to Europe as well? So I'm, I'm just, I'm looking at all sorts of options to see where things can go. And I think that's the brilliance of of taking action is you don't really know where you're going to end up. And it, and it's us, it's actually led to really defining what I want to be doing. You know, I've never really been great at five years from now, I want to be this, but 10 years from now, I want to be that. But I've really realized what I want to do now with my writing business and what I really want to do um, in the long term. If I see myself in semi-retirement, what does that look like? And so this is actually all, all leading towards that just by trying different things and taking steps and I think I think that's actually a really good um, a good point to to stick on for a little minute too is trying things that don't work because we learn right from failure. Uh, I know when I first started my business, I wanted to become a professional blogger. I wanted to blog for people, but I realized that I had to change that because people didn't understand the value of a, of a blog until they understood the value of who they were in their business. And so it really shifted what I was doing with my writing. So not to say that I did it wrong or that I made a mistake. I like, that's something I would encourage people is if you've got this, this thought that you want to try some, just try it. Right. Like, like you said, with your store, start small, you don't need to spend a lot of money and go into something all full guns, unless you actually, unless that's your desire. Right. But try things and know that you're going to fail and then try again because we talked earlier about fear fear is going to just prevent you from finding anything failure is actually going to lead to success you really can't have success without failure um and i know you and i have talked about this even with your business different things that you tried when you first started timeless 
with marketing, with, um, you know, I, I can't even remember all the things you told me, all these different campaigns and advertising and things that you tried and they didn't work. That's okay. You learned and you found out where your clients were and how to speak to them and what you wanted to offer. And I think, um, I, I think that's one of the best things about taking action is you learn every time. And, you know, if you, if you try something enough times and you haven't learned, then at least you're going to learn you need to ask somebody else for help, right? It's all about the learning process and nobody can ever expect to, to get everything 100% when they try. So that's probably the biggest thing that I would say about action is just do it and see what happens. <laughs> and the fact that you have been open, this is the thing, is that opportunity knocks at different doors. So open every door. It may not be the door you need to go through, but you don't know which door. And the one door that you think was could be the best door. So open them yes. all. Yes. And walk through the one that works for you, but make sure you open them all because you never know when opportunity is going to be there and it's going to completely shift for you. So I am all about just any anything that comes my way, absolutely let me look into it, let me see it, let's talk. I don't ever just disregard anything because you have to be open for opportunity and look what it did for you. You're open to opportunity and you're growing and I'm so proud of you because you're such an incredible, incredible storyteller. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Munchies and Mindset. Our goal is to help people who may be stuck or lost find that light within themselves. If you have questions, you can reach out on Facebook or Instagram at Holistic Approach Store, all one word. And remember, if you want a snack guilt-free, check us out at www.holisticapproachstore.com. Until next time, remember, mindset matters.